Hey everybody, I'm Alan. Uh, Brent is not here yet. He took a little bathroom break, so we're going to get started with episode 81 of the AV Testing Podcast. Oh look, it's Brent. Brent, did you wash your hands? Uh, yes. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to be here. How you doing, Brent? Fine. I'm sorry, I was a little premature in getting started. I couldn't wait. I was excited. <sighs> I understand. Do you know why I was excited? Because we're going to talk about modern testing principles, deep dive into the first modern testing principle. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's catch up on stuff and do our normal banter. So if you don't like this part, now is your chance to press that fast forward 30 seconds button about 75 times. Yes. So what you been up to? How you been? What's new? It's crazy. It's, it's the period of the year where everyone realizes there's two months left before the review and then all oh. sorts of people are doing stupid stuff. I don't miss that. Like, uh, I don't miss that at all. There's, I yeah. went through it last year. I realized I got to September. I got, wait a minute. I didn't have my blood pressure go through the roof. People weren't freaking out. People weren't all behaving differently. That's so weird. To I go really through, do go think summer like that. I really do think. I mean, I haven't done the 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 data analysis on this one, but I strongly suspect that I would find that we would, if I measured, that we would find that from an hour basis, the Microsoft year is um, fifteen months long, <laughs> because the last three months people yeah. are putting in double time. I had a boss who had a phrase: peak in May. And it's absolutely true, given the – and yeah. it's so weird how the review system, of course, isn't – on paper, isn't tied to – Results? It, res, well – Value? It, I'm not going to – I was going to just – I have a lot of rants about the system. I had them while I was here. It seems unfair for me to rant too much about them while I'm not there. So I will just say I don't miss them. It has improved. There's still a long ways to go. If I'm going to be f- – Fair and realize that I'm still a Microsoft employee. Yeah. <laughs> I wish wish to remain so for the at least the short term. <laughs> ah, so I don't. For those of you not in the Slack channel, the one of the, the one of the three Slack channel, one of the three or just go to angerweasel.com/slash/ab-testing. Click on the link to join. I posted there that I have a new member of the family, Tara, the modern testing puppy. The three have decided that your dog's name is Monty. <laughs> Can Monty be a girl's name? Sure. sure. <laughs> Not, I think. Nick, give me time. Nickname. I haven't quite figured out what it's short for, but I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> so, uh, rescue pup, lab mix. I'd even do the doggy DNA thing, so we'll find out uh, what actually mix she is. But uh, oh. she's pretty hilarious. But it's like having a kid again because uh, they, yeah, it's like having a kid again. Except the time they're a kid will last much less longer. You know what else I did? You know what else? You know what else? Yes. What? You took a trip. I did. I took a trip on a ship. Where in the world is the weasel? Uh, Alaska. Was the weasel. I, Alaska Airlines shot me down on Monday to Orlando, Florida. Uh, where I gave a workshop Tuesday morning on web testing tools and then flew back Wednesday evening, got back late. Wait, wait, there, wait, 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 wait. I was going to go back and fill in the middle. It's like the Memento episode. Wait. Flashback. I'm, I'm pretty certain that I only briefly care about this, but I am curious. Workshop on web testing tools. Yes. 
from a guy who is publicly allergic to UI testing. I did not talk. Well, I talked a little about UI automation, but it was about it was about actual web testing tools, not UI automation, not automation. So what's a con- uh, so we spent a chunk of time at the beginning. So my you didn't spend a lot of time on Selenium or things like we that. We spent no time. In fact, let me come back to that because I am my rant level with UI automation is about to go through the freaking roof. But rewinding flashback, I started off with some of my favorite Chrome plugins, Chrome extensions for web testing. Okay. Simple things like there's a web developer one where you can turn off CSS elements, makes it easier to edit CSS and just going into source. I did go through showing people how to use uh, developer tools. I think it's very important when debugging to know what things look like when they're working correctly. So if something's acting weird, if you go in and look at it, it goes, this doesn't look like it looked what it usually does. Now I know it's wrong. It works on uh, kernel debugging, application debugging. It works on web debugging as well. So we dove into that a little bit, showed them how to do performance, how to do a, the show the waterfall graph of page load times, understand where their time is being spent. Extensions like check my links, very handy for making sure that your quick crawl to make sure the links are correct and they actually go somewhere. Uh, found some interesting issues. A few people found bugs in their websites. But some people found that if you if your site has a bunch of Twitter links, Twitter will throttle you for uh, for request doing so many requests at once. Oh, it starts to yeah. fail some. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. One of my school and it helps people understand how a little bit more how the web works. But go on. Uh, I was just going to share that one of my school projects a couple years ago was on sentiment analysis, and I first started to do it via Twitter feeds. And I hit that. I, yeah, 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 yeah. So I also spent a reasonable chunk of time on Postman, and which was a lot of fun. You use Postman? You know what Postman is? So Postman is a you crazy kids and your new OSS tools for testing. <laughs> so Postman <laughs> makes it very easy for uh, anyone to do a REST API testing. Oh, okay. So. Does it cover uh, security concerns? Uh, not directly, but I can't. We could do a whole episode on Postman. I won't. But the great thing was, I had actually. Here's the weird thing. I had a full big room, and I honestly asked them, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> what were they and, doing there? And some of them had some legitimate reasons. And so we hung out. We talked. We uh, did a bunch of things. But I asked them, "How many of you do API testing?" Four hands go up. I say, what tool do you use? He goes, we use Postman, 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 Postman. I mean, this is like 50 people in the room. Great. Let's all become API testers. And the great thing about Postman is uh, you can just set it up from scratch and put in a URL and a web request and start mucking with stuff, look at an API. We used a, an app that someone wrote called Mark Winteringham, to be, is the name of the someone, called Restful Booker, which is just a little uh, hotel booking app. Maybe mm. it's hotel, some booking app, but take some REST APIs for your basic CRUD operations, and you can just start with nothing and explore. But the great thing you can do that can help accelerate the team or accelerate a tester who may not know about web testing is you can just configure a JSON file with some basics already set up, including some variables. So, you'd like you want to type in the so if the URL changes, you can just change it in one spot. So, I gave him some JSON files from Danny Dayton. Again, a huge shout out to Danny Dayton, who's a huge Postman advocate. He and if you go to Stack Overflow and find questions on Postman, they're probably answered by Danny. But he's also posted on his GitHub a bunch of 
utilities, tools, tutorials, and he has a couple JSON files, which I just borrowed. I could have made my own, but his are, I know his would work and mine may not. But anyway, I can give the, the class these JSON files and all of a sudden they can actually start running API tests. And then using their exploratory brains, because most of them are just manual testers most of the time. I shouldn't say just, are manual testers most of the time. Now they can use that brain to go, okay, what happens if I do a start date that's before an end date? What happens? What happens if I, for the more advanced kids, uh, there's a little programming interface you can use to it and just did a quick loop to create 4,000 random bookings, which uh, made the Git call very slow for everyone in the class because everyone's working against the same data. Right. <laughs> so it was fun. So at Opportunity it, to show how the, the perf the end of work. a half hour, it was great. I could use those four people that had the API testing experience to help other people out around them. And within a half hour, 40 minutes of this workshop, I went from having four people that had done API testing and kind of had the gist of it to 50 people who had done API testing and knew the gist of it. We went over a few other tools. Uh, I did a little bit of security testing, showing them Google Gruyere to know how to do that, uh, which is, if you don't know that, it's just that application they built, which has, it's a simple app with a multitude of security issues but not like super easy to find like a lot of these testing apps out there, which are just are totally broken, but you have to do a little bit of work, but people are like, Oh, okay. I get how, I get how easy it is to break software security. So anyway, uh, we crammed through it all in <coughs> three and a half hours with a 15 minute coffee break. And I haven't seen if they liked it or not, nor do I really care because I had fun and I got lots of head nods where I wanted head nods. So I felt good about it. There it is in a nutshell. Okay. So, Star East. Star East. I didn't attend very much. Wait. Modern testing? Question mark. Was there modern testing at Star East? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of a word that rhymes with no. Oh, it's no. Yeah. Yep. I was thinking K-N-O-W. Oh, that right. wasn't That wasn't a good rhyming word. Yeah. So, not really. <laughs> uh, and I, to be clear... I think Star Bro. East is a great conference for newer testers. It's a great conference for people because they have so many tracks. It's a great conference to break into if you're a speaker. It's a great conference for getting a lot of different knowledge if you have enough basis to start using that to form your own opinion. But to the, but the audience they cater to is mainly new testers. The speakers are mostly consultants trying to get business from new testers. And that's fine. That's their business. I have nothing against that, but I didn't get a lot out of it other than meeting some people that I hadn't met before and saying hi to some people. Uh, I was practically frustrated. And if you have a question to ask, and then I want to share a few of my stories before we go into the modern testing principles. No, um, my question will be a tangent. So go into your stories. <laughs> All right. The opening keynote, which great content and very well presented. Uh, I forget the name of the woman who presented, but from a company called iSims, and I followed her on Twitter, so I forgot the name, so I apologize if for some chance you're listening. But a great story on how she took her team of a combination of estets and manual testers, uh, test developers and testers, I'll call them. I, titles piss me off. And how she had transferred her manual testers to learn how to write automation for their team. Yay. Again, yes, again, not a, I'm not a 
fan of the concept because I think there's about so 100. We have, we have a whole new slew of UI There's about 150,000 things that as a tester, I would love for you to do with code before you thought about writing automation. But unfortunately, even before the talk, I heard a person behind me say, and this, is, this part's literal. Uh, I, might, I might forget a word, but it's pretty exact. So I'm just a manual tester now. But I really want to get into automation because that's kind of the way way to go, right? I want to get into automation. And I hear that and I just I get sad inside. And Brent's going to puke a little bit. I go, oh. And as an industry, we it just hurts me that we preach to this so often. And again, I thought the presentation was really well done. But two big takeaways for me. One was it came out in a tweet from me. I said, wow, we all reflect. We can think about how much we've seen talks and articles on getting testers to write automation. It's, it's on every tester's mind. Like, oh, I need to write automation or I don't want to write automation. And I don't want you to write automation. I want you to learn some code so you can write some tools that will help you do much better testing. I don't want you to write automation. So the tweet was something to the, to the effect of, we seem to put a lot of there seem to be a lot of talks and articles on teaching testers to write automation, but very little on teaching developers how to test. And the reactions to that were, although while Brent's nodding his head, yes, absolutely, and some people I lot, contributed to lot, that. Mo modern testers would say yes, absolutely. The pushback on, I'm not surprised, but I'm saddened by how much it was. Well, developers shouldn't have to learn how to test because we, we have people already who have special snowflake skills that allow them to test and developers don't want to learn that so they shouldn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear, yeah, I hear comments like that all over the place. And, and, you know, I go back and forth when I hear comments like that. It depends on my mood. One, one version of me will sit down with a person and try to help them not screw themselves. And the other part of me uh, is a firm believer in social Darwinism. <laughs> I honestly believe, and I get all the feedback, and I understand people are in different situations and different contexts than we are, but I honestly believe that the direction software is going and where there will be a tipping point soon, the and the majority of software companies developers will be doing the majority of the testing and people will agree with me people will disagree with me people will say no no they can't do the testing i still get the shit about the oh there was our, our explicit tag i still get the <laughs> the shit about the mindset thing oh developers can't learn how to test they don't have the mindset for it and for the last three years of my career my life i have been teaching developers how to test and Maybe I'm just in my own special little snowflake world, but what I've learned is, guess what? Developers can learn how to test just fine. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just blown away by this whole mindset thing. Well, only testers have these skills. They've honed their craft over years. No, it, it, yeah, it, it is a bunch of uh, – I'll just tell you. It's a bunch of wrapping that that individual has put around themselves to to justify their existence yeah, and, and and if you tear off that wrapping you're 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 it's it is a threat I, and I, and I, and so the really the way to convince these guys is like no 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 I'm going to tear off the wrapping but you'll be safe you will but you won't be safe if you keep hiding behind this facade that you've convinced yourself of yeah it really when i see the the 
the negative reactions or the argumentative reactions, it, a lot of it comes from fear of you can't move my cheese, you can't take my wrapping off. So the it, worst. This is actually something. This is a a Brent Jensen management philosophy that I teach. I need a theme song for that. But go on. Yeah, where that was it. Where when mentees or employees come to me and you're like, I don't understand why that person's doing that. I would never see them do that before. Like, this is not normally how they do things. So I am an amateur psychobabalist. Yeah, me too. I have spent a lot of reading on psychology stuff. Ditto. And done, honestly, my unfair share of counseling myself. I, for a long time at Microsoft, I called my job test therapist. No, I, I meant on the... Oh, the receiving end in this case. And there is a pattern that I've observed, and that is when you see an individual doing this particular pattern where they are, you observe them, and you go, they are totally self-destructing. It It is 99 out of 100 times due to to a fear and their fight or flight um, thingy amygdala is is triggered. Yeah, and and the only way you can help them, they can't help themselves. If you see someone like this, and even if you talk to them and they speak rationally, they cannot help themselves. They are afraid, and they're going to continue to do this. Now, one of the things that's worse about this is that when your fear. So um, we've talked about Myers-Briggs before. Um, I'm not going to... One of the patterns that Myers-Briggs has noticed is that when you're stressed out, you switch all four of your letters to the opposite side. Really? I don't know if I buy that. I'll have to think about that for a while. Um, so if you're a thinker, you, you start getting more emotional and go, why does everybody hate me? And if you're an introvert, you become more extroverted because you're trying to figure out a clue. Yeah, now, I, what happens, though... I, then I, I'm going to reserve judgment on that, but I'll let you continue. Right. Um, what happens, though, is because you switch to the other side, you, be, you start doing a catch-22. The stress causes you to switch... But now you're using the part of your personality that you hardly ever use, so you don't really have the skills to use that part, and that then creates this this death spiral. Some of the studies actually think it's you switching is what causes the stress, um, but nevertheless, the the useful advice is if you see someone like this, pull them aside, be a friend. Help them think because they are not. They're running out of fear. Yep. Anyway. So anyway, I saw a lot of the, the tweet responses were, I started replying to them. Some of them were like the initial reaction was sort of visceral. Like I wanted to like, it's like, ah, but then I just, I just let him go because people, I, like you said, I can't change, especially over Twitter. I can't convince them that that the world is not changing around them. But I really push buttons with the UI stuff. It, the funny thing I see with the UI, every time I go off on why we have way too much UI automation, way too much emphasis on UI automation, the constant answer I get is, 
for people who write a UI automation, they say, yep, you're totally right, except in my case, we need to do it because. Except in my case, we need to do it because. Well, it's different for me. Yeah. There's a bunch of yeah, snowflake it, world that means we have these ice cream. Agile doesn't work on enterprise shrink wrap products. I, know. I, 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 I know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was my experience. Uh, it's a little weird. I ended up just doing a lot of work by myself. I met with a few people that I wanted to catch up with, which was fantastic. But yeah, it's. it's so before you lose so hope, here's the diff. Let me just throw this out there. All right, and again. Nothing against Star. It's the right conference for a lot of people. That's why it's probably the biggest test conference out there, and it will remain to be. I think that's great, and I love the people at Star. But uh, as far as modern testing principles go, I was kind of blown away when I went to Test Bash. I talked about modern testing principles, thinking I'd freak some people out, and I had so many head nods and so many people say, yep, that's what I'm doing. I would have been lynched at Star for giving the modern testing talk. Oh, that, that is exactly the reason why to do it. <laughs> oh, now, the, w- one last thing I want to mention, speaking of being lynched, some of those so-called high-profile consultants, it was weird. After the keynote, I was walking the hallway kind of just looking for a place to work, and I heard more than one of them muttering about, complaining about that opening keynote, saying, teaching testers to, to write code, it, that's just awful. They should just focus on testing. Who, and, oh, they can't learn to code that quickly. They can't. This is just ridiculous. Ludicrous. I won't give any names, but the usual suspects. And all kinds of absurdity. Because, again, it's for the same reason. If testers grow their skills and get technical skills, whether they're automation or actually valuable technical skills, the whole it concept, takes away from their business. Right. Their the business whole concept is, is towards, a threat. Yes. Right? It's a threat. But I don't give a crap. Right, because you know there is a lot of people in 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 this stuff um, that are are focused on doing the right thing, want to learn, like the millennials. You know what? I find it goddamn offensive that Star East would be teaching the millennials coming into the industry these freaking concepts from thirty years ago that no longer apply. Now, so like, yeah, I could see going to Star Star East. Uh, you know that there's a there's a chance that you would be uh, lynched, but only verbally, not physically. Right. And you know what? The you can't convince someone to to do this, but you can begin to open their eyes. Right. I had a Twitter with with so a buddy of mine, Al Shalloway. Um, yep. He's frustrated because he's not seeing larger. So he actually pushes the edge of Agile, and he's he's seeing you know all this effort we've done, and there's still some of these key behaviors. The Agile community has not figured out how to root out, like Scrum and iterating only. Yep. Right. Things like that. We just haven't figured out how to solve that. And I said, you know what, dude, I'm with you. Like you can lead a horse to water. You can show them how to drink water. You can show them other horses that have benefited from drinking water. You can talk about the the um, whatever, but you still can't make the goddamn horse drink. Right, and we can't. And all we can do, and that's one of the things I think about this podcast. This is why I come in. If 
every time one of the three refers us to another one of uh, another new one of the three, right? It then has, that person begins. Look, you know what? We're full of shit we're just, all of the time. We, we're just here to plant some seeds and hopefully some sprouts of good ideas grow out of them. And then help you control your own destiny. Yeah. I can tell you, I agree with Alan, this tipping point is coming. The last survey, we still have to follow up with Joel, but the oh, last... I did check the website. It says it's like coming out like very, very soon. Okay. It's not out yet. The, the last series of surveys that we're seeing is, yeah, the um, business leaders are accelerating towards understanding what they should be doing in this space. And it agrees with us. I think so. Hey, uh, speaking of the three, we should probably do them a favor and get started with the podcast. I agree. <laughs> so uh, over the next uh, seven episodes, uh, we are going to dive deeply into each of the seven modern testing principles. Maybe you can more read, than seven, given the time you can left read, in this you one. You can read those on moderntesting.org. I think this one is this one is good, and I'll talk about why it is in a minute after I read it to you. Again, moderntesting.org if you want to read them all. But uh, the first modern testing principle, which we'll talk about here for the next 25 minutes or so is, or maybe 20 after editing, is our priority is improving the business. Pregnant I like pause. that one. So uh, <laughs> I like it too, but I didn't realize how much until I started thinking about it and taking a bunch of notes and writing about it. And I realized that I don't know if we did it on purpose or how it worked out that that one was first, but in many ways, the way you improve the We business, had a whole episode on that. You had it as number three. Do you have to drink and talk about this before? So let me, <laughs> let, let, no, but any but, chance I get to remind you of how old you are? Is, yeah, I'm pretty dang old. Yeah. So the way you do... The way you improve the business, the way you make that a priority is you execute on the remaining principles. So rather than talk about the other principles, I want to talk about what it means to improve the business versus the tasks. So Brent, I'll ask you, actually, why? Why is it important to improve the business? Why is that, why is that an important principle for a modern tester? My perspective on that is... Uh, there, the reason why a modern tester and why focus on the business needs to be important is because um, the modern tester needs to be viewed as a positive contributor. Exactly. In Not, fact, and in addition to that, the re the other reason why is people who are are looking at our at our work here and trying to decide what to do, right? I, I'm like, I want them to have a sense that that's their responsibility, that, that they, that is the goal to achieve. How do I take my strengths, my assets and improve the business? Not theoretically, yeah. none I, of this, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think there's an important shift from the traditional tester or in maybe even the agile tester that modern testing wants to promote with this principle and, and being a, and a modern testing team would promote is that we've traditionally seen test as a cost center. Test is a cost that comes at the end. We look at the ROI of testing. How much should we invest in testing? 
that world is over in modern testing. Let me tell you a story. Testing, in one second. Yep. So I think the testing activity adds to the value of the business, and we have ways to demonstrate what that value add is. Yes. So by doing the th- by accelerating the achievement of shippable quality, and by adding, we do things to add value to our team through testing efforts, through quality efforts, through acceleration efforts, where the value of doing testing on a modern testing team is a value add for the product instead of the traditional cost. So that's a huge shift. It is the pursuit. I I love how you said that. It is the pursuit of adding value to the business I'm actually bouncing up in my chair. Reducing cost. Yes, 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 yes. So... In, in not only that, but uh, uh, non-theoretically. My very first blog post so many years ago uh, came after I had lunch with Ellen. Or not Ellen, you're Ellen. <laughs> Wait, who's old here? <laughs> yeah, we both are. You're just slightly more. Um, Whitaker, James Whitaker. Um, the George Carlin of software testing. I anyway, completely agree. <laughs> Software engineering, I Software think. Software engineering, is. yeah. Um, now, he was, uh, when we had this conversation, he was in a test role at Microsoft, as was I. And um, I was having a conversation with, uh, I was a middle manager then. I was having a conversation with my, this was back in the day when pumps were still here. Mm-hmm. Those are product unit managers. Yep. Uh, were. Were. Um and he noticed the behavior. He's like, you know what? I think we should just get rid of automation, go back to manual testing. Because one of the things that he observed was essentially um, every time I add a new rec to work on automation, they come, uh, the, the team comes back and says, oh, yeah, we weren't able to achieve the goal because we need one more rec. So he concluded that automation, and now this team was doing UI automation, he concluded that automation was a black hole of payroll, which, by the way, I completely agree. Yes. <laughs> um, the, Me three. Yeah. Now, but long, 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 long story short, um, I took this and I said, hey, I, I posed it to, to James and I said, hey, Hey, you know, have we figured out what the ROI of test is? Like, have we figured out if I have 12 people on the team, how do I articulate what the return on the business's investment will be for the 13th person? And, you know, I wrote, I wrote this blog post, and, and James is really smart at in 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 the the test business, but neither of us had a really satisfying answer. His answer is, is hey, hey, your manager wants to know what the ROI is, t- of test is, get rid of test, and then he'll see immediately. Now in those days, yeah, I get where he's coming from, right? But but that was mostly it. It wouldn't have articulated an ROI of test. It's an ROI of a scapegoat or ROI of something else, right? It's And if we got rid of the test team, you, you can't change a software engineering process like that with a Band-Aid rip, right? So, yeah, it's going to cause a lot of chaos, but it's not because test is valuable. It's because you change the process. 
So let's let me. I want to explore. But that theory around the ROI of tests is what one of the reasons why the traditional view of testing is broken. So let me take that model and go a little farther. Let's say we got rid of the test teams to recognize the ROI. Yep. Uh, everything you said. So, but Microsoft, but, but Microsoft did that later uh, when they said, okay, there are no more testers. Everyone's an engineer. And in many, many cases, they failed because they didn't find a way to make the testing activity a value add. They had a value deficit because a lot of the quality things were just dropped and the value add to the customer failed to happen. Yeah, but and remember, so famous quote from Edison, right? He learned 2,000 different ways to fail to make a light bulb before he succeeded. There are places where you and I could argue that, you know, like, for example, there's a particular org whose name rhymes with um, Windows. Um <laughs> Uh, where where what I what I observed is that they didn't learn from the the year plus of being executing this, right? They decided, which is something that these large organizations which have to do, is like, oh, you don't know. Ab- what and absolutely, and then just to dive in, the reason why I think yeah. the modern testing transition, I'm happy with the way it's going at Unity so far, is we're being very gradual and very purposeful about. M- shifting these rules and making sure people understand things. A lot of teams, you know, Yahoo famously did it, but a lot of organizations that Microsoft did it, took no learning into account, just said, okay, it looks like that's what they're doing. We're going to do this. Let's, it'll just magically work. Now, I want to be, be super clear, mostly because I don't want Steve Rowe uh, emailing me. <laughs> it's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't privy to those discussions. This is what I observed as well as what I heard from from bits and pieces of others. You were in Windows at that time when the when Unfortunately, the Unfortunately, yes. As was Steve. Although I think Steve was far more likely to be connected to the business decisions at yep, that time. I, than I was on the periphery in something that was part of Windows because it used Windows, but we were on the edge. But there are multiple places where I did not observe them um, picking up with what I, I went through the Bing experience. And what I thought was uh, really useful learnings from that. In addition to that, I attempted to roll it out on, on um, two other occasions in different orgs. And, yeah, there's certain complexities there. Like, it, you have to be able to answer the question, um, hey, if, if test is no longer doing the unit test, if I'm doing the unit test, what's test doing? Yeah. Right? Things like that. So let me get back to the value thing. And I want to, uh, I just realized I have a suggestion for a future episode if you can find the right person. So I was briefly in the Office org, which was my first Sanofsky-ish org, although I think Sanofsky had already moved on to Windows at the time. So they had a very, very, very carefully planned waterfall model, which included very short coding milestones, like in four to six weeks where you wrote the code. Yep. And then literally close to a year of testing and stabilization. Yeah. So in that case, the testing was a cost that happened at the end. We, we tested quality into the product. Now, again, on the periphery and the, uh, the link office community. Right, and actually that length of time, because, because they did the, the, the very short coding milestone, 
I strongly suspect that what happened is, hey, after this period, there's no coding, everyone's testing. And so you, you see a phenomenon of, nope. I just have to get the skeleton in. I can actually right. there, implement. There, there is famously a story in one of the office apps, I believe Word, early on when they had to, someone was given a task to write a function to calculate like the font height. This is all paraphrased. I've forgotten now, but calculate font height. So a coding milestone was almost done. So he wrote, uh, you know, float, get font height, curly bracket, curly bracket, looked at the clock, looked at the calendar. Check in. Return 12. Check it in. It was done, but it was buggy. So then he could fix it during the stabilization time. Right. So that said, uh, a team following modern testing principles, uh, the delta from idea to deployment is rapid. Yes. And that – so with – we want to get just enough features, get that MVP out with just enough quality in order to get feedback from the customer, and which is so different from that other world. But if we can accelerate that process, that's adding value. So we enable the team to accelerate the achievement of quality, and then we can get the value of that engineering effort, which Reese in Lean Startup says you don't get value from your engineering effort until it's in the hands of customers. So we can accelerate that idea, idea into customer's hand, get the learning, and loop and loop and loop and loop. That is how we add value to the business. I completely agree. One of the things uh, that you bring up, uh, we, we've talked about uh, Tester's job accelerating achievable, uh, the achievement of shippable quality. But one of the things that I have found, and I haven't come up with yet a cogent um, uh, response, because a lot of times I, I, I see people like in Twitter, hey, Brent, this is absolutely fantastic. I love this. And then I see them using it for what, in my humble opinion, is evil. Because it's just generic enough that you could perhaps uh, encapsulate it into what you're doing and use it to justify what you're already doing, even though what you're doing is wrong. And one of the things I want to call out that you just mentioned, you can ship before you've achieved shippable quality. Of course. Right, So if you get an MVP out, see if anyone actually even cares. Ship it with bugs. Knock yourself out. But you have to be able to react to it. Yes. You have the uh, kind of being ready for that loop. Yep. It reminds me of the story when uh, we're getting ready for the team's uh, launch. And everybody's freaking out like, oh, November 12th is the – or whatever the date was, November sometime. You know, oh, we got to be ready. got to do the right things. And everybody's freaking out about that day. And, and I'm sitting there going, okay – Yep, that day's coming. That's that's not an issue. How do I make sure we set ourselves up to be ready for the release a week later and the week after that and the week after that? Yep. So modern testers, if I may call myself one, or a modern or a team attempting to follow modern testing principles, are thinking about that loop way ahead of time. Like it's not just getting it out there, but how do I react from that and then take the learnings and make that do a better experience for the customers. And that's a value add. I do. I think actually one of the big things uh, uh, someone in this space can do that would add great value, uh, I just brought up the the Scrum and uh, Iterations fallacy. I actually actually heard this in one talk at Star before I left. Uh, something to the effect of, it, I was working. I looked up, I looked up, and made a face and a little vomit in the throat thing. Yeah, but something to the effect of. 
So we decided we needed to be agile. So we, we planned out all of our Scrum iterations, and then we, ex- we documented them and executed on that process. <sighs> I just made Brent I mad. cannot tell you <laughs> how many times I have heard something like that, and how many times... I mean, it, Alan and I, we, we like to be on, on the leading edge of ideas, right? And so a lot of the times I forget that what is like a freaking decade old concept to me <laughs> is still new to other people. Yeah, and and I, I just nuts. get so, I'm like, God damn it. I have been correcting people on this for yes. years. And Why has this p- not stuck? Please, please. <laughs> if you're listening and you're one of the three, please tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everyone you work with that Agile and Scrum are about being able to adapt we iteration is a method it is not the goal no. people are so focused people get so focused on iteration as look we're iterating we have 6 week sprints we have whatever it's iteration am, is not the goal we iterate in order to be able to adapt I if we're not adapting agile, you're doing it wrong i am mindless agile robot i must iterate God! <laughs> <laughs> but now, therein lies the opportunity for modern testing. There is value in using customer data, customer telemetry. Um, I am a huge proponent of, if you can do this, do the minimum amount of testing before you ship. Cover the ca- uh, catastrophic scenarios. Are there as, security issues? As Are long there- as you ins- you want to ensure that you can get the learning, like do you have the right analytics in place, do you have the right monitoring in place. If you do that, yeah, do the minimal amount of testing, get the value. But it's about if you have a good learning. telemetry stack. Guess what? You know, there is no one who tests your product better than your customer. Get it out. I fully endorse this comment from yes, Brent Jensen. I, I, and now, where where. Um, modern testing comes into play and where, where the, the pursuit of quality, that's what I'm going to call it uh, right now. It's the pursuit of quality. Quality is a problem solved for the customer. So when we ship a small release, I think it's the modern tester's job to go and look and say, which of these things are working? Which of these things aren't working? Where are we seeing usage? What are the bugs? How do we fix that? Right? So in this case, I'd love to see the modern testing community looking at this telemetry with the intent of maximizing the reduction of actual customer pain, not theoretical, right? Again, you still have to validate the catastrophic, still a bad idea to ship uh, software with a bug that could cause data loss. Absolutely. Right? Still a bad idea uh, to ship a product that has security issues that will expose credit card numbers. Right? These are still very bad ideas. But the number of cases that fall into this versus the number of cases that are traditionally fall in a traditional test, man- or test team's suite is tiny. Now... One thing I also wanted to bring up, because we were talking about what's broken, and we kind of hinted on it, but the other thing that's broken about the traditional approach is not only is it a cost, but it's a delay. 
So let's talk about that. I want, I was thinking about this from not just that point in general. I was thinking about what would it be like if the principle is to is that our priority is improving the business. What would it be like if our job was to unimprove the business or make the business worse? And oddly, the answers I came up with line up with some traditional premises. Let's say, for example. If bug bashes. We hire a hundred people to do nothing but file a bunch of bugs that then the dev team has to spend their entire team to do the triage. There's a good example. <laughs> Maybe. And especially if those bugs aren't bugs. There are bugs. There are bugs that customers care about. And the, oh, cu- yeah. the customers will find the latter case. How many test teams have you been on? Or and maybe fewer. Than I'm guessing the answer is going to be all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Where the test team is the gatekeeper, and they it is they have to sign off on the product. Hence, have the have the ability and power to delay the product from shipping, saying no, it's not ready yet. So rather than get things to them quicker to get learning, we say no, it can't ship. Actually, I, w- I was I was wrong. In, in the end, uh, very, very few in my actual experience, right? Because the the um, the biggest problem in my experience that I had was no, we were accountable for signing off, but we were not given the power to extend yeah. the date. The the ship date was given to us in all cases, right? We can also another thing we can do is rather than accelerate the team, we can make the team. Resist change, which going back to our earlier discussion from before the modern testing principle, we based on you, what you just discussed at Star it, yeah, East, it you, seems like that's you, already covered. If you dig in your heels and say, "Nope, this is the way we're doing it. No need to change," you are actually costing the company money. If you are unwilling to change and Argue unwilling that. to How? advance, because so, if the, if so there, let me if, let me give you a, let me give you a concrete example. You can't – what the hell? You can't teach dev how to test. We should resist that. All right? Now explain how it's costing the business. The back and forth between uh, – from bugs, from basic bugs going from developers to testers. When the, when the developer gives them this code and it just doesn't work, I have to give it back. We go back and forth. It, it's a delay. It takes time and time and time. I – if we work together, and I can help them learn to test, I'll pair with them, I'll help them out. But if the developers are writing some short tests they run on every check-in or every change, they can get a lot higher quality code to me in the first place so I can be better at finding the, the bugs that matter the most to customers. That will accelerate our ability to get higher quality code to our customers. I have positive news on this one. Do you have kids that have gone through a programming class yet? Uh, both my kids have learned how to write games in Unity. Okay, but had they gone through formal training? No. Okay. So one of the things that I have observed is actually – so my son's in, in AP computer science right now in high school. This is a concrete example. He has to write unit tests. It is He's graded on it as part of it. That is wonderful. A lot of the millennials coming out of school are very similar. Right, so I actually I think new world. I think unit testing and TDD. So on that particular front, that particular comment that you heard at Star East, I I think it's going to rapidly decelerate. And when when these blind 
people who aren't paying attention to how the world has changed, when they finally die off, this won't be a problem for society. <laughs> so let me, uh, we're just about out of time here. I want to see if I can summarize uh, yeah. what it means to improve the business. I think in the short term, we accelerate the achievement of quality. The goal is to get value to customers frequently. But in the longer term, as we'll explore in the coming weeks, it's making sure the team follows the remaining modern testing principles. That's a good summary. Uh, I, I would also want to call out, we believe, and I th I, hopefully we articulated it. We'll see what, what the feedback is. But we actually believe that the traditional testing approach uh, at this point in time harms the business. It harms the I, business I by creating delays. It harms yes. the business by creating costs. Um, and that's maybe it ends up being a quick litmus test, at least uh, maybe unmeasurable. But ask yourself, is the work I'm doing, do, am I adding cost to the business or value to the business? Because that, that could be yeah. a litmus test for being a modern tester. And or, or, or is my team following modern testing principles? And it is far too theoretical. Yeah, I said unmeasurable, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, and – They've uh, the traditional testing has refused to measure not only risk but ROI on their efforts. Um, Absolutely. And then dysfunctionally, we complain that no one understands the ROI of test because you haven't explained it. And I think actually that's part of the problem of the tr traditional approach. Yeah, and that's why a lot of companies see it as just a cost you pay at the end. It's the cost of shipping. I have to pay X amount of money at the end of my product cycle to get. Uh, I wouldn't even call it achievable quality, a level of quality. Yes. So first litmus test from principle number one, if you want to call yourself a modern tester, you need to be able to concretely articulate either the current value or the future value of your efforts to the business. Yeah. If you cannot do that, and the you have not yet passed the test for principle number one. Okay. All right. <laughs> This was fun. This yeah. was a lot of fun. I can't wait until we uh, next time we'll do uh, the second principle. Again, you can read those at moderntesting.org. But I had a good time today, Brent. How about you? I did too. Yeah, I got you to get pretty frustrated and yell. That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Brent's sad now, but hopefully you'll have a good day. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.